0: There was less than 200 people on my Facebook and my Instagram combined back then. All of my other social media activity for my other business had gone on on LinkedIn, and I wasn't using LinkedIn for my online business. I kept that for my offline business. So the only two channels that I was on was Facebook and Instagram, and my audience was low. This is the Building Online Sales Success Podcast, helping you to build, market, and sell your offers online. I'm Rachel Hounds, and I'll be sharing the strategies that are allowing me and my clients to create online success without using the icky, awkward tactics that you have been trying to avoid. Sales can be easy, not sleazy. And in this show, you'll get to see behind the curtain and discover the sales secrets that will create the impact, income, and freedom that you've been dreaming of. It's time to stop doubting yourself and start creating the business that you truly deserve. Today, I'm sharing how I signed my first 30K of coaching clients. And I've been teasing you a little bit with this episode over on Instagram. So I know that there's a few of you that are really keen to hear the exact steps that I took when I needed to sign 30K of coaching clients to really prove to myself that I was taking the right step to move my offline training and coaching business into an online training and coaching business. That's something that you might not know about me already is that before I came into the online world, I was very much in the offline world. I ran a training consultancy for around five years and we sold training and coaching and mentoring programs to small businesses and to some very large businesses. We worked in the areas of sales, customer service, leadership, And uh, quite a lot of the soft skills around business that we hear about, like communication, resilience, time management, um, emotional intelligence, stakeholder and relationship management. And I absolutely loved running that company. I met some great clients. I had a team of around 10 or so associate trainers and coaches, and we delivered some amazing work. But of course, when the pandemic came along. We all know what happened there. Um, The face-to-face work that we had in the diary, which was probably about 90% of the work that we did, Um, That all started to disappear because we were forced into a lockdown. So, uh, I won't bore you with telling that depressing story. We don't want to talk depressing stories on this podcast because uh, everything's quite exciting at the moment. It's actually my birthday tomorrow. So, I'm in a very good mood. Um, And this episode, I know, has been long awaited by a number of you because you really do want to hear how, after five years in the offline space and 25 years experience in sales and marketing, how I, when I really needed to, doubled down to sign 30Ks worth of coaching clients. So I'm going to talk you through it step by step. And the good news is that uh, if you want to read any of the uh, things that I share with you today in a little bit more detail, I've put them together in a guide for you, which is completely free. It's a seven day social media strategy guide, and it gives you the exact posts, stories and DMs that I used to do exactly what we're talking about in this episode, sign the 30Ks worth of coaching clients. So if you want to grab that free guide, head over to my Instagram account at my sales mentor and go straight to my DMs. And you should find that there's a little button there that you can click to say, I want to access the guide. If you don't see that button, it possibly means that you and I have already exchanged some DMs, in which case just send me a DM and say, Rachel, I want the seven day guide. Okay. So let's get into the detail of the episode. Like I said, I'm going to talk you through the exact things that I did. Now the first thing that I did was I got really clear on what it was that I wanted to offer. I got clear on the fact that it was going to be a one-to-one offer that I was going to sell a 12-week one-to-one program. And I chose that because it was the highest investment way to work with me, which meant that I needed to sign the fewest amount of clients to hit that first milestone. So that's why I chose that strategy and I I knew that it wouldn't be a strategy that I wanted to use forever, because I love group work. I love delivering workshops, masterclasses to groups of people. Like I said before, you know, I've I've been running a training company for five years. I'm used to delivering big events, facilitating big events for lots of people, and so my energy uh, lends itself really well to working in groups. And I get the most joy from working in groups. That doesn't mean that I don't want to do one-to-one. It just means that I'm playing to my strengths. And that's something that you should consider too. When you're choosing your offer, how do you prefer to show up? How do you prefer to serve? How do you feel the most comfortable and the most joyful delivering the work that you do? So that was definitely a consideration for me, was getting really, really clear on what was the offer. So I chose a one-to-one. I priced it at $5,000. And I know that I'm in the UK, but I sell in dollars because um, it's it's a global currency. And I knew that I was building an online business for the long term. So I chose to kick straight off with a global currency. So I decided to sell in dollars. Um I also knew that by delivering a one to one strategy first I would be able to really really zone in on what those clients needed and why they needed it. I would be able to get more insight into exactly what my ideal client really really wanted. I knew that I wanted to serve coaches. I knew that I had a tendency to lean more towards female coaches and that's just because the associate coaches that I'd had in my training business tended to be female coaches, and I knew that I'd been able to mentor those people for five years and really help them to grow their business through the associate work that they were doing with my company. And so I thought, well, I'll I'll choose a female coach as my ideal client, and I'll make sure that I really zone in on that one-to-one support so that I can understand them in lots and lots of detail, because we know, don't we, that when we understand our clients' emotions, feelings, feelings. We can really empathize with where they're at. We can write more compelling copy. We can write better programs to support them and we can really zone in on what it is that they need. So I knew that by delivering a one-to-one service, I would get better testimonials and I knew that I needed those testimonials to accelerate me to the point where I could then launch what I really wanted to launch, which was a group program but that's a whole other podcast episode. So that was it. I got clear on my offer, one-to-one, 5K. I knew I wanted to come out of it with some great results, some great testimonials. And I decided to really accelerate the process I discounted that 5K by 50% and I invited some people to work with me as case study clients. And I told them as part of being a case study, I needed them to be fully committed because at the end of the program of 12 weeks, I needed to write up a case study about what they did, why they did it, how they found it working with me, what the results were, how they quantified those results in terms of measuring whether it was a good investment or not. And in response, you know, in return for them doing that for me and and filling out that case study for me, I would give them a 50% discount. So to them, it felt like a great arrangement. To me, it was a great arrangement. And it allowed me to really show up knowing that I had a product to share with people that was worth $5,000. But because I didn't know anybody, because I had an audience of less than 200 followers back then, I needed to prove my credibility. And so I gave that discount in return for them being a case study client. So that was the first thing I really did. The next thing I did was I started to brainstorm around who these female coaches might be, where they might be hanging out, what they might be doing right now. And I I figured that they were feeling stuck And I know that we hear that term a lot in the online world. Are you feeling stuck? Do you, you know, are you you on a plateau? We hear that a lot as a descriptor for where our ideal client was. But I wanted to really dig into that. Like, why were they stuck? And what I found out by asking and doing some research in Facebook groups and asking people that I met in the DMs, I found out that that feeling of stuck came from a hesitance to make sales. They felt stuck because they didn't want to sell. They didn't like the thought of selling. They didn't want to feel salesy. They felt that if they were inviting people to buy their offer, that it sounded desperate and they didn't want to sound desperate. And so what they were actually doing was holding themselves back because all that little self-talk was going on in their head of, I don't want to be salesy, I don't want to invite people to buy from me every day. And so because they weren't inviting people to buy from them, of course, they didn't make any sales. So they were telling me that they were rubbish at sales when the reality wasn't that they were rubbish at sales. You can't be rubbish at something you're not doing. It was that they were avoiding sales. So maybe that's why you're here listening to my podcast, you know, is that, is that how you feel? Are you avoiding sales, you know, or are you telling yourself that you're not good at it, but the reality is that you haven't practiced it enough. You haven't actually gone out there and had a go. So um, yeah, that's what I found out when I started researching how my ideal client was feeling. So I got really, really clear on what was going through her mind at various points in her day. So my ideal client starts her day feeling excited, ambitious, ready. You know, she tends to make a list. She's focused on goals. She's focused on outcomes. My ideal client is very, very ambitious. So the start of the day is her most um, excitable time of the day. But what then happens my, uh, my ideal client, if you mapped out the way that her day goes, it's got a big spike of activity in the morning. And then by lunchtime in the afternoon, it starts to lull. And I know this through research, you know, I know this because um, these clients have shared it with me that by the afternoon, they start thinking, oh, this hasn't been the day that I hoped for. I wanted to have achieved X, Y, and Z today, and I haven't. So they start beating themselves up a little bit emotionally. And of course, that then kills the energy, kills the appetite to create, you know, whether they're creating videos or, you know, podcasts, maybe, or creating blogs or graphics, you know, like whatever it is that they could have been creating, it kills off that creativity. And they end up feeling at the end of the day, not the same as they felt at the beginning of the day. They start feeling ambitious and excited. They finish feeling like a bit of a flop that day. And of course, they haven't got any sales to show for it. And then the next day it starts again. And so I knew that my ideal client was on this kind of hamster wheel, you know, going around and around doing the same things each day, starting the day with a big list and then finishing the day feeling a bit miserable. And so I built my package to really help that. I made sure that when I was offering my one-to-one service, I didn't just offer an hour a week. You know, you access me for an hour a week and outside of that, you know, you can send me the odd message, but you won't hear from me. I made sure that my one-to-one was high touch and it still is now, you know, like nearly two years on, it still is now because I realised that um, for my one-to-one clients, I want to be there for them. I want to be pretty much inside their business with them. So it isn't just an hour's call a week. It's a high touch. You know, if you've got a problem at any point in that day, going through that cycle of excited in the morning, miserable in the afternoon, they can contact me. They can get support. They can get ideas. um, And it really works well and they get some great results. So yes, I got clear on my offer and my price. And I got very, very clear on how my ideal client was feeling. The third thing I did is I then moved into, right, how? Now I know what I'm selling and I know who I'm selling it to. How am I actually going to do this? And I made sure that I put together an outreach strategy that would be pretty quick I wanted this to happen quickly because, well, I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it because if I couldn't do it myself, who was I to teach it to other people? So I needed to make sure that I could do this. So I started writing some content. I started coming up with some stories about um, times in my life where uh, I haven't succeeded, times in my life where I felt really ambitious, but also times in my life where I felt like a failure. Because I knew that if I was going to write stories about the same feelings that my ideal client was having, going from ambitious to a failure, to ambitious again, to a failure, that that would really connect with her when she read my post. I showed up telling stories about this. I bared my heart and soul. I got vulnerable with it. But as part of all of those posts and stories and videos, I made sure that I finished with a question. I made sure that I shared my own journey and then said, how does this look for you? Do you recognise this up and down motion of your day too? Do you recognise that hamster wheel of going around and around? Because if you felt it too and you want my help, reach out to me. And people started to do that. So I started to have conversations in the DMs. I started to really get to know some of the ladies that were in my audience. And like I said, there was less than 200 people on my Facebook and my Instagram combined back then all of my other social media activity for my other business had gone on on LinkedIn. And I wasn't using LinkedIn for my online business. I kept that for my offline business. So the only two channels that I was on was Facebook and Instagram, and my audience was low. I think you'd call under 200 low. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I started to be vulnerable, tell these stories, and female coaches started to reach out to me. I told them about my case study offer. They thought it was a great offer and they agreed to buy it. And that's how I sold my first 30k. I think from memory, I sold six case studies, and the rest was sold at the 5K full price. Um, so yeah, it's, I've got very fond memories actually thinking back to that time because there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of trial and error and learning as I go, and you know, really wanting to prove to myself that I could do this. So I guess the final questions that you might be sat there listening to this thinking is, but Rachel, you talked about social outreach. What exactly did you post? You You know, um, I shared that I did some vulnerable videos. I told some stories. Um, Let me give you a bit more detail uh, before I finish this episode. So one of the things I said to myself was, I'm going to show up on my stories face to camera five times a day. So at five intervals during my day, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and I'm going to share with my audience what I'm doing. And I'm going to do that using my face, using my voice. I'm going to go straight on camera and do it. Now, I did that intentionally because I knew that they would um, start to trust me far more if they could follow me through my day and they could hear me sharing what I was up to, um, connect with me on a deeper level, which we can, can't we? Let's face it, when we see somebody's face move and we hear the words that they say and we hear the emotion in their voice, it does allow us to get to know somebody more quickly and more deeply. So I was very intentional about showing up on my stories in that way. And I would do little mini teachings and trainings for them in my stories, I would tease them with things that uh, I would do the next day. So I might share a little mini training on how to step into your CEO mindset. And at the end, I would say tomorrow I'm going to go into more detail about how to write your business plan so that they would come back tomorrow. So if you're not doing that right now, start doing that, because the more people that you get watching your stories, the easier it is for you to start having some really great DM conversations now you might think but stories and DMs are two very separate things Rachel like how how does that follow let me tell you the best way to start DM conversations is not by going to the DMs and saying, hi, that is not the best way. The best way to start a DM conversation is to ask questions in your stories and allow your audience to opt in to that DM conversation. Because by answering something in your stories, automatically puts them into your DMs. And the good thing about that is that they've chosen to do it. They've chosen to be there. So by the time that you reply, you're doing exactly that. You're replying. You're applying to them rather than being that creepy weirdo <laughs> that none of us want to be that rocks up with that first DM going, hi, or how are you today? You know, those two DMs are my worst ever DMs. You know, please, if you're sending out hi or how are you, please stop doing it. Let me tell you why. Hi just means that you're going to either get back nothing or you'll get high. So you're actually no further forward than what you were before. If you say, how are you? Hi, how are you? The thing that you're probably going to get back is, fine, thanks, how are you? And then you're going to say, fine, thanks, because that's what we tend to do as humans. And again, you're no further forward. There is no conversation to be had by sending hi or how are you? So uh, I would definitely recommend that you don't send a DM like that. I would recommend that you start your DMs off on a very personal note. So um, I would ask in my stories, things like, do you have a pet? What's your favourite ice cream flavour? Where was your last holiday? What do you love about your job? Does pineapple belong on pizza? You know, some really crazy off the wall stuff because that's what people tend to engage with first. They don't want you to ask them, what are your biggest challenges in your business right now? Because you don't know each other. You haven't earned the right to ask them something so personal. So start off with pineapple on pizza or something equally fun and engaging, and then start to watch that relationship grow. So yeah, do definitely invest time in your stories Definitely invest time going face to camera, even though you feel a little bit daunted by it. I know for the first time it definitely feels a bit daunting. If you have to put a filter on, put a filter on. If you have to do your hair and put lippy on, do that. Do whatever it takes to make you feel comfortable. If you have trolls coming after you saying why you're putting a filter on, you should be more authentic, ignore them. To start with, just do what it takes for you to feel the most comfortable and confident that you can. I think I've already told you in a previous episode, I spray perfume for confidence. I put on my orange lippy for confidence. Uh, Sometimes I'll do my hair, you know. Am I being disingenuous, unauthentic? You know, No, I don't think I am. I'm doing what it takes for me to feel confident so that I can serve my audience in the best way possible. So, uh, you know, if you need to forgive me the odd filter, fine, I'll forgive you the odd filter too, you know, do whatever it takes to feel good about showing up on camera. Um, And make sure that you're not just talking about business, so you're talking about other stuff too, because your audience will find that engaging, insightful. They will find things that they connect with. For example, we've just got a new puppy haven't we and uh, you'll often see her on my stories little cookie the cocker spaniel and the amount of people that i've had reach out to me and say oh rachel we've got a cocker spaniel or you know oh i'm thinking about getting a dog how does a cocker spaniel behave is she good you know is she good when she's out walking and you know just people ask questions that's what we do as humans so uh, yeah don't be afraid to show up and talk about personal stuff as well as business. And if you want to read the exact posts that I wrote when I signed my first 30k, the exact stories and the exact DMs that I used, then you can go to my Instagram right now and you can get hold of my seven day social media strategy. And that's going to give you loads of done for you templates, um, which of course you don't want to just copy and paste what I wrote. Please don't do that. Please turn it into you, turn it into your voice, the way that you articulate and explain yourself, you know, like take my steer from the strategy guide, but definitely make it sound like you because you don't want to sound like me because you're not me. You're you. And you are your own authentic, unique self. And that's exactly how your posts and your videos need to come across. So always remember that for any freebie that you get. Don't just copy paste, make it sound like you. And on that note, I'm going to finish it there for today. I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I would love to hear from you if you do go and grab my seven day strategy guide, because I'd love to hear how you implement. Um, Please do feel free to tag me into your stories if you know if i can share anything on my account that gives you some extra exposure i'm very happy to do that so uh, yeah tag me in show me how you're getting on with the uh, with the 7 day strategy guide and i will see you for the next episode So that's it for today. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. If growing your business is a big priority right now and you'd like to get my feedback on how you could move forward with bigger and faster success, then take part in my free personal assessment. It's called Next Best Opportunity, and I get back to you within three days of you answering 20 questions about your business and goals, and I give you my tailored feedback. If that sounds like something that you would like to do, then just click the link below in the show notes or head over to my Instagram and have a chat with me in the DMs over there.